G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, taking some time today, opening the talkback lines, your opportunity to be part of our conversation, we're going to be talking about winning between the ears. I wonder if you have your own thoughts on winning between the ears, the idea of control of a thought life. Uh, something that we all say is part of our own private world. Uh, sometimes it gets out of control. Sometimes we do absolutely crazy things. Well, you might like to be part of our conversation today. Gary Blackford is our guest. He's the author of a book called The Fog Lifter. And we're going to talk about winning between the ears. Let's welcome our guest. Hello, Gary. Welcome along to 2020. G'day, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. Gary, thanks so much for being available today and a great topic to talk about because winning between the ears, uh, this is one of the challenges. Sometimes we think uh, no one has the right to tell me how I should think, but sometimes our thinking gets out of control. What's so good and what's so important about winning between the ears? Well, Neil, everything, everything in life flows from what goes on between our ears. And if we can uh, win between our ears, in other words, if we can sort out what goes on inside our brain, uh, life will flow from that. And uh, that's why it, it's the most important thing you can ever learn. Okay, now your book, which is called The Fog Lifter, yeah. uh, you're talking about the fog in, as in foggy thinking, the fog that can fill a heart, fill a mind. Uh, 20 years in the making. Uh, explain the 20 years for us. <laughs> well, probably a lot more than 20 years. It's at least 20 years. Um, it was... Uh, uh, basically, the book is uh, leading people through emotion, through uh, mental and emotional recovery. So, what we want to do is take anybody from whatever situation they are in life, and controlling your thought life is part of um, learning how to be a stable and strong individual, um, and walk through the process of recovery um, through mental illness, depression, everything like that. Okay, mental illness, depression, uh, yep. not everybody's affected by that, but we all still need to win between the ears. Was well, mental illness one of the challenges that you went through? Yeah, absolutely, Neil. That's my, that's my history. It's my uh, it's past where I've, where I've come from. Uh, I've been to some very dark places in my mind, uh, although it's hard to sort of just frame it um, uh, in just a short time on the radio. You know, I, I was... I, tried to take my own life. I was so uh, messed up with the with, inside my mind um, that I made some uh, some life-altering decisions um, that nearly cost me my life in the end. So that's that's sort of where I've come from, uh, and what I've learnt over these over these next twenty years is is to understand the mind, how it works, um, and thankfully we have a lot of. Uh, 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 scientific discoveries now that back up what Scripture said for years, and it all gels together in this beautiful um, 
beautiful way where we can lead people through the recovery process from uh, mental illness or depression. Uh, let's get into uh, some of these details that, uh, just to pick up on just something you mentioned then, where scientific understanding now is catching up uh, with what Scripture has been telling us now for centuries. Uh, yeah, just to explain just how that works, because, you know, people sometimes they think of the Bible, the Scriptures, as something that's old and outdated and somehow rather that modern technology and modern science displaces it. But but what you're saying is that, uh, no, hang on a second, uh, technology is just caught up with where the Bible was at. <laughs> Absolutely, Neil. It's, um, it's one of, been one of the great... Um adventures over the last few years of, of being involved in um, not only looking at the uh, taking my experience of where I've come from but also looking at the the, the scriptures that have that have come to light through the word of God but then connecting them with modern neuroscience um, because things like okay for instance back in it was I think late 80 so uh, 87 88 where they actually started they, they used to think that our neural pathways were fixed so in other words, we, we thought a particular way um, because, of our gen- because of our genetics. But they learnt and discovered what we call neuroplasticity, which means that basically, or experience-dependent neuroplasticity, so we think a certain way because of the experiences we've been through. But the beauty of that is we can actually think and change the way we think and re-establish and create new neural pathways in our mind. Now, if you connect that to where the Bible talks about uh, renewing your mind, um, which is actually uh, literally creating new neural pathways through discipleship and so on, um, these actually dovetail together perfectly. And, and then if I, I pop my experience in there, I can see that they all gel together in this, um, this harmonious uh, way of recovery. I love what you're saying because when you reflect on that verse that you're making reference to, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, not being conformed any longer to the patterns of this world but being transformed by the renewing of your mind i can just see that there's a, there's a gary blackford version a transformed by the change of neural pathways absolutely that's interesting because uh, interesting to be able to apply a scientific definition to what we've understood uh, when we talk about the renewal of the mind now, Absolutely, and there is a Gary Blackford version of it. That's me. But it, it's the great thing is, it can be for every single person, and uh, and this is, but it's it's not instant. See, this is this is where sometimes we get messed up, and sometimes we in the church, and I'm a pastor and church leader and all that sort of stuff. Is um, you know many things are instant in Christ, um, and healings can be instant and so on like that. But the renewing of the mind is a there's a process. It's, it, it, it takes repetition. It takes uh, defined focus. And it's, it, it's lead. And in that, because that's how you actually create neural pathways. It's actually exactly how you do it. And, um, and they, yeah, it does. It gels together beautifully. Tell me what you're doing today, Gary, because uh, you were the senior pastor of a church. And uh, remind me, it's Coffs Harbour that you were pastoring. Is that right? Yeah, and uh, and now these days you are traveling, you are speaking, uh, you're a award-winning trainer, a life coach. Uh, we mentioned that you're an author, but uh, teaching and speaking uh, in different places around the country. Uh, tell us how that transition happened, that now you're actually in demand talking about these issues uh, after you wrote that book, The Fog Lifter. Yeah, 
Oh, that, that's a that's a very big question, Neil, with a very long answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, over the over the last number of years, see, see, I would never talk about this when I when I first when I became a Christian, when I was a pastor. I was a pastor for for like probably ten years before I started to even talk about where I came from with with my mind and everything, because it was just something you didn't do. Uh, and then through a whole process of time the writing of the book, some miraculous things that were taking place when I would start to speak on it. And again, those stories are pretty massive to get into. But basically, uh, two years ago, we decided to transition out of our um, senior pastor role um, in a local church, um, which we'd been in for 10 years, so you can imagine it was a fairly large decision, um, and uh, which has been like just an absolute win. And the church has gone on to, to incredible things. It's still my home church, and I get to travel around and uh, lead people basically to freedom, lead them in a, in a way of recovery, um, setting people free. Tell me about Project 52. What's that all about? Uh, Project 52 is to speak in 52 locations. Um, there's lots of things that connect to the number 52, so, but to speak in 52 locations um, during 2016, and um, and to minister to as many people as we can and bring hope. And I've I've got a whole lot of things regarding that. Regarding, you know, we want to see 520 people one to Christ. Um, uh, there's a there's a lot of different things. But that's so we're just basically we're out there ministering and travelling and uh, seeing some great things take place. Actually, it's very cool. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil Johnson with you, our guest this hour, Gary Blackford, the author of The Fog Lifter. We're talking about winning between the ears. You can be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. To be part of our talkback conversation, that's our talkback line number, 1-800-316-316. Gary, when we talk about winning between the ears, and as you were saying, uh, you know, creating new neural pathways, changing thinking, how do you describe that for uh, ordinary people who say, well, uh, I was like this before, uh, now I'm like this? What has happened and what is happening in a process of change? Okay. All right. That, that's a really good question, actually. Yeah. I, I like to describe it because okay, when you think of the brain, there's about 100 billion neurons or brain cells buzzing around inside your head at any, at any given time, okay? Now, a few of, some of us have tried to get rid of some of them along our journey, but there's, there's so much going inside... Uh, and going on in your mind. So the best way to explain re- um, changing and renewing your mind, it's like learning a new language. Now, just just hear me out on this, because I had a friend who, who was learning Spanish. Now, you walk, when you walked into his house, he had literally put, it was, like, it was like a house full of post-it notes. So he had post-it notes all over his house with anything and, um, that he had, like you'd say microwave, and he'd have what, it, what that word meant in Spanish, like what that word was in Spanish. So he'd have Spanish all over his house. And the whole idea was to, to get so familiar with all these things that, um, and that would help him learn the language. But if, you, if, you, if you've actually ever learnt another language, which is actually learning a new way of thinking, um, what happens is, is when you start to learn a language, it's actually really disjointed. You actually start to, you know, you, you think, for instance, if I think in English, I hear someone in Spanish, I need to translate what their Spanish is into English, then I need to respond and try and work out what that English in my mind is in Spanish and then speak it back. And it's very disjointed. If you've ever done it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite challenging. But through repetition um, and going through this process over and over and over again, 
what happens is you reach a point where the language becomes what we call integrated. Now, when it becomes integrated, it actually flows. But what's happened inside your mind is you've created new neural pathways. So instead of your mind going down at the English translate, work hard, all that sort of stuff, you actually start to think in the other language. So you actually start to think in Spanish and then it actually flows. Well, it's exactly the same when we want to renew the way we think. So if we want to renew like our, just say, just say in my life, and I'll use this from experience because it's how I grew up, just say I, um, every thought that I had passed this one place which, which was a really poor self-image. So it would just run past there all the time. So when I'd see someone or, or, or be in a conversation, it would, all, it would all run past my neural pathways that were wrapped around uh, like layered memories, all this sort of stuff with my, with my poor self-image. But to change that self-image, I had to create a new neural pathway which wrapped around what the image of, God, of how God sees me, not how my, my past and so on like that. But it's the repetition of going around how God sees me that creates a new neural pathways and literally changes my life. And that's an amazing thing to get a hold of because particularly when you're talking about issues of self-image because there's the way we see ourselves and then there's the perception that we might have of the way others see us. But what is important here is what God says about us because as soon as you take it out of the immediate personal human assessment of who we are and what our identity is and we bring God into the equation, all of a sudden our value is consolidated. Our value increases because it's not about what we think of ourselves, not about what other people think of us, but it's what God says about us that really matters. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And, and, and actually and, and reminding ourselves all the time um, of what God says about us. And actually, because so many people, like, and this isn't an instant, because... See, neural pathways are really interesting things. Once you establish them, they're like, um, they're like water running through a, a dirt gully, that every time something runs through, it actually digs out more, so they get deeper. And this is why you know, people get in ruts in their thinking, right? Because it it's literally is a rut. You're actually running this certain way all the time. Now, so to change that, you need to consciously... Right? So this is a lot of frontal lobe stuff. You need to consciously evaluate and change, make choices on changing the way you think, so to go a different pathway. Now, the old pathway always stays there, but it's, it's, um, it's like path through the forest, I guess. The, the longer you leave that without travelling down there, the more overgrown it gets as you establish the new pathway. But, um, but this is a, it's a repetitive thing. It's a, it's a, it's a focused repetition um, that makes which is which is we, we would use in Christian circles a word like discipleship even for for something like this, and it changes the way we think progressively. We'll talk some more about that repetition and what discipleship can mean in this context. But we are taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take a call from Wayne in Cairns in Queensland. Hello, Wayne. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Uh, top of the morning, how are you? Very well, like, Wayne. Uh, what are your thoughts on our discussion today? Well, you've um, you're sort of you're going along the, right, the same path that I um, I, well, I went on to sort of to fix my um, negative thoughts, and um, the thing I found was the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, and um, I think it's um, but I think 
But when I try to pass that on to people, the people who don't want to hear it, it has the total opposite effect. So Sorry, just to clarify that, Wayne, so when you try to pass on these sorts of uh, ideas, thinking positively, sometimes it has the opposite effect. Did you just say that? Yes. Uh, that's interesting. And, uh, and of course, uh, we were talking about Norman Vincent Peale just uh, last week and uh, and uh, certainly a author that's been used widely in uh, sales development and uh, areas where people have changed uh, their thinking on uh, attitudes towards success. Uh, not, not everyone agrees, I think, that Norman Vincent Peale had a wonderful Christian foundation, although he did have a Christian foundation. But let's uh, some thoughts on, on some of the things that you're sharing there, Gary, uh, yeah. on, on, on what Wayne is sharing. Yeah, g'day, Wayne. That's nice, nice hey. to hear from you. Hey, yeah, Norman hey, Vincent Peale. Actually, it's interesting if you look at that book, The Power of Positive Thinking, the amount of scripture that he uses in it, is, yeah. there's, there's an awful lot of actual scripture in there. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a book that has been used widely in the sales industry for, uh, for transforming the way people think. And, you know, look, actually the sales and success industry has got a hold of this a long time ago. They, they've, they've actually understand that you can, you can, and even people have made fortunes out of it, that you can actually change your destiny, you can change your core value by controlling the way you think. Um, and, and because it's, it's what our core value is that, that, that our life actually grows out of. And um, so I'm glad you read that book. That's fantastic. And I'm really glad, Wayne, that you've put those things into action. And you know what? If other people don't understand, that's all right, mate, because you've changed the way you're thinking. Wayne, while I've got you on the phone still, uh, tell me about this repetition idea that Gary is talking about because uh, this is something that, uh, you know, in the way that you've changed the way that you think, uh, there's been a repetition involved in that. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Well, every time you get a... Well, there's always going to be a negative come in there, so you automatically change it to a positive, but then um, but I choose, okay, I'm going to be the unique person you already are, you know. And um, But to my affirmation for today is be all you can be humbly. So every time I think a bad thought, I just think, oh, be all you can be humbly. And in the end, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you anyway. It's what you think of yourself. So, And uh, it's more important that you care for yourself before you can care for other people anyway. Yeah, you're spot on, Wayne. Wayne from so, Cairns. Um, Wayne, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. You can be part of our conversation on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. Uh, interesting uh, to draw attention, Gary, to the idea of uh, repetition of good and positive things. Uh, yep. I suspect the wisdom for the Christian believer is to find those things in the Scriptures uh, which can affirm our identity, affirm our value, because there are positive things that plenty of people have said from a humanistic perspective, uh, but uh, but actually zeroing in on a scriptural basis is probably a very good thing. Oh, absolutely. And and reality is that that's, that's, a, that's a fundamental, because we never really discover who we are um, until we discover who we are in Christ, so that that's that's true. But like what what Wayne has, has discovered, and this is one of the great secrets, is that is that see if we if we let outside stimulus uh, come into into our mind, we all have what we call layered memories, right? And our identity, our core value, and our identity actually comes from the layered memories. Now, one of the great secrets in in life is, and this this relates to scripture, because you know in Second Corinthians ten. It talks about bringing your thoughts into captivity. Now, and this, is, this scripture has literally changed and saved my life 
thousands upon thousands of times. Because what you're actually doing to do that is, just, just say your, your core belief has always been that you've been no good, okay? Yeah. Then any stimulus outside will just automatically come through your frontal lobe. Now, in your frontal lobe, we know where, it's where we analyze and make judgments. And the, one of the great things about the human condition is we can, we can sort of... Um, not literally, but we can sort of step outside ourselves and, and look at things and we can actually make decisions. So just say a thought comes in and says, I'm no good. Now, I know that thought because for most of my, my younger days, that's exactly what I thought of myself. I thought I was a waste of space and no good. So I, I know that thought well. So I had all these layered memories that just believed in that and therefore my life grew out of that believing um, sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you will that I actually believed that I was no good that therefore I created circumstances around myself to prove it now but the, the secret to controlling the thought life is to actually take that thought and bring it into captivity so we take a hold of it in our frontal lobe and we make a choice whether or not we're going to let that actually sink through now what we do is we compare it to what God says. So God says, I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I've been knitted together on my mother's womb. I am precious. I'm a unique person. So, see, well, so when I bring that thought that I'm no good into captivity and bring it into obedience under Christ, the scripture says, I compare it to what God says, and therefore I make a choice on what I do with that thought. Now, if that thought is... Gary, you're awesome. Well, I'm going to let that go through and create more layered memories because that's what God reckons. But if I have a thought that says I'm no good, I need to treat that thought um, for the for the rubbish that it is. And in fact, in fact, capital punishment for bad thoughts. We, we need to we need to uh, and they they do resurrect if we keep shooting them. But eventually, over over repetition and the process of time, you actually learn how to control your thought life, and it changes your life forever. We are going to continue this conversation uh, into the next half hour beyond Vision National News, and that's coming up uh, just a short uh, few seconds away. Our special guest is Gary Blackford. He's the author of a book called The Fog Lifter. And we are talking this hour about winning between the ears. You can be part of our conversation on 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. We'll take some more calls in this next half hour beyond Vision National News. Gary is an award-winning trainer, a life coach, an author, a teacher, and a speaker. You can be part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. And we'll continue our conversation straight after Vision National News. Gary Blackford, let me just ask you, before we take another call, uh, when we talk about the changing of the way we think, this is something that's a fairly strong theme throughout the biblical scriptures, isn't it? The idea of the change of thinking. We talked about Romans, but this goes right back into uh, the history of the children of Israel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, in fact, if you take that Roman scripture, it's quite fascinating because you've got 16... Um, chapters in the book of Romans but really it all pivots around that one verse it actually it all pivots the whole changing of the way we think um, is is pivotal to, to Paul's entire argument um, and yet so but yeah it does look it, it goes all the way back into the way we think we see examples of back into scripture sorry we see the way uh, David handled the up and King David handled the ups and downs in his life and life and the choices he make he made during the Psalms on how to actually control his thinking during some very very difficult times. Um, we see uh, Jacob 
um, with his, the whole wrestling incident and how that played out. We've, yeah, it's right throughout Scripture. In fact, the mind and controlling the thought life is right throughout Scripture. I think we could all ask ourselves a question. What is it that brainwashes us? And uh, that word brainwash can be a very negative terminology, uh, but it can also be very positive. We talk about being washed in the Word of God because uh, there is a washing that can happen. But, but what's brainwashing you is a very important aspect. We'll, we might even follow through with that, but let's take a call. An anonymous caller calling in. Uh, hello, anonymous caller. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Hi there, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll condense this really quickly if I can. I just wanted to say, when after I had my children, I ended up with postnatal depression, right? And I ended up in mental homes years ago. Yep. Now, um, um, they never gave any counselling or anything. They just pumped you full of chemicals to try and change you, which was hopeless, as you agree. But anyway, I eventually um, joined GROW, which is a... Um, a group like AA based on the AA principles and Al-Anon and that and I became a Christian I threw all the tablets out not because I was a Christian just because I didn't believe in taking them anymore and um, and changed the growth thoughts that were like um, oh, those who matter don't mind those who mind don't matter um, feelings are not a fact things like that yeah. I can't remember all yeah. of them are really good and the same thing with Al-Anon in a way but yeah. anyway, um, yes, yeah, so what I was going to say is, to me, what I feel like today, in a way, a lot, the modern-day lepers, to me, are the mental patients, or the ones who've been in a mental home. And it's very hard with changing your thinking there. I've got a lot of friends who are older and were in the mental homes, and the shame that came on, and the, I just realised the other day, the feeling that, that you were punished, even though you hadn't done anything wrong, you were locked mm. up bars on the windows, had your freedom taken away, and then the way society still treats people, it's hard to change your thinking and hang on to that, what God thinks of you. So most of them don't tell anybody. Yeah, It's a secret. I've got lots of friends who don't know anything about my past life. Your thoughts, Gary, on what our caller is talking about? Well, first of all, thanks for ringing. Um, and so glad um, that you got in contact with Grow, especially coming through postnatal depression, because uh, I've got friends who have walked that journey and um, and massive challenges. So, so good on you. I actually really like the way you described um, mental patients as the modern day lepers. Um, and you know what? You're right. I, I don't. I don't think you can be more correct than that. There is. That, that is how it is treated, and this is why I think I think in the whole scope of of, um, of what God's doing, and certainly what God's doing through the message that I bring, is we're bringing. It's a bit like when Jesus uh, walked into that place and the ten lepers came up to him, right? Or how he how he would touch them and how he would do things like this, right? Is because they were not um, they were not uh, irrelevant to him. Um, because they, they, because each human being has incredible value, and uh, what my mission is is I want to, I'm, I'm seeing, and what I want to see more and more of is people who have perhaps lost, lost hope completely, uh, and and they've, they've not given any hope through uh, perhaps the medical profession, perhaps life circumstances, whatever it is, but they can actually find a new and a fresh hope in God, but not just a, not just a fresh hope, but actually a plan that works their way towards recovery. 
Well, thank you so much to that anonymous caller for your input today here on 2020. And uh, certainly those instances, Gary, of postnatal depression and depression caused by all sorts of things, changes and, uh, you know, changes to our uh, chemical uh, balances in our life yeah. from uh, from uh, childhood years right through to our old age. Well, uh, we're all going to be expecting somewhere along the line there's going to be some changes. And that's why people predict that there'll be certain numbers of people who'll have uh, a mental illness through their life. We have to be uh, ready to be gracious and to adjust to those around us, don't we, when their thinking does appear to change. Yeah, it's why, Neil, that I believe the local church is the best place for people to recover. It is, if we handle it right, if we handle it right, it is the the best place. If we don't handle it right, all it does is lead people to being isolated and, and disconnected with God. But if we handle it right... It is the greatest place on earth for people to find hope, healing and health as they walk through the process of recovery. And uh, that's, that's what I'm out there doing this for. Uh, let's take some more calls. Let's hear from David in Kyabram in Victoria. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. David, what are hey, your David. thoughts? Just, just referring to the, um, the first uh, question from a gentleman previous um, about, you know, respecting self you know, before you can help others. Yep. Um, well, I, I agree with that, but what I also want to quote is, is the words of John the Baptist. When, he, when Christ comes, comes on the scene to do his first ministry, he says, he must, John refers to this, he must increase and I must decrease. Yeah. And then he has the Beatitudes, you know, you know, the words of Christ. All that will come into place once you've humbled yourself. Mm. You know, blessed are the meek, you know, Blessed are the righteous and so on. You know, it goes right through, and there's a whole lot of it. And um, that will give you the understanding, anyone the understanding of what Christ is here for. Uh, your you thoughts, know, he came, uh, he, Gary? He came, here to, he came here to save the lost. And it's up to each Christian, uh, when they're witnessing to someone, is to be humble. Uh, not that they know everything, but the fact is that they can guide them to Christ and in a humble way. And it may be by works or, you know, helping someone or the sick or whatever, or even if they're alcoholics. And I'm not an expert on that, but um, I think patience comes in with a lot of that. And I think once you've uh, been blessed, you know, by the Holy Spirit and, you know, when Christ comes first in your life, then you can go ahead and do the witnessing or the healing. Healing is a very big part of a Christian's life. You know, healing yeah. by conversation or by works itself. Yeah. I suspect that healing in this area is one of the most significant things that happens in the life of every believer. But uh, your, your further thoughts, Gary, on, on what uh, David is sharing? Yeah, look, absolutely. And, and he's spot on with the humility. And, and really, um, uh, that's, that's exactly where we try to approach it from. Look, Jesus came for the, for the lost, the least and the last. He came for the broken. Uh, he came for, for all of them. And that's, um, that's why we do what we do. Um, I, I couldn't agree with him more. Um, so, you know, that, that's, and that's really, we're not trying to, no one's trying to be perfect, I think. And, and the, the whole idea that a Christian has to be perfect um, is so wrong because, you know, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And, and it's through these things, it's through these battles, it's through these trials, it's through these challenges 
that we actually, and God working within us through the process of, of this healing, that when we're not only renewed, but we're also equipped to, to help others through the process. You know, one of the great, greatest things you can do if you are struggling with depression and mental illness is actually help someone else. Uh, and you're not trying to be perfect when you do it, but you're just trying to help others and it gets your focus, it changes your focus, it actually becomes a refocus out of your own thoughts and being lost in your own thoughts to focusing on actually helping others. David from Kyabram in Victoria, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. And I loved his reflection on John the Baptist because that yeah. level of humility, Christ must increase. And yeah. John the Baptist said, no, I must decrease because there is a sense, isn't there? And I'll get your thoughts, Gary, that, that if it's just a power of positive thinking and what some people might talk about as being a achievement of some level of self-realization, well, that's not good enough. Actually, well, humility... Not, it's not even- not even true, Neil. It's not no, no, but not humility is required in there, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, because as a Christian believer, we we submit ourselves under the authority of Christ. He is yeah. the one that we humble ourselves before. Yeah. So, so if you take that John the Baptist, right? He must, you know, he must increase. I must decrease. You take that neurologically into how we create new neural pathways, and if our our core identity is flawed. Right, then we need to actually increase in creating new neural pathways. This is why we need to go create pathways that connect with who we are in Christ. I mean, how many times in the Bible does it say in Christ? And so we create it, which is actually increasing him, but it's actually decreasing us. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation. Let's hear from Reese in Queensland. Hello, Reese. Welcome along to Twenty Twenty. Hello. Hi, Reese. What can we? Uh, yes. What would you like to share? Uh, that was the wrong name. That's alright. Oh, sorry. What's your name? Um, oh no, it doesn't matter. It's um. Yeah, I'm just reading the scripture here. Um, in Mark chapter seven, verse twenty, uh, twenty sort of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, but and Jesus went on to say, "What comes out of a man." is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts. See, from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft or stealing, murder, hatred, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside, from the man, from his heart and makes a man unclean. So I was thinking of that, that it seems to be, it's hard to understand because people like to say, oh, they've got a good heart, but in the word of God and then it said in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, the thought when God was looking upon the earth to look for a righteous man, this is in the Old Testament, of course, that God was looking because he can see the thoughts of our hearts. He can see inside of us. And it says the thoughts of the heart of men were continually evil and men walked after the God of their belly. 
So that's kind of hard. And yeah. But we have... That's why we need to get the Word of God to renew our minds. That's why God says, bringing every thought, renew your minds with the Word of God, bringing every thought into captivity. We're not born good, actually, even though we like a baby is probably perfect, a little tiny baby and a little child. But What's great thoughts that you're bringing to our conversation? Yeah. And I'll remind our listeners that Mark chapter 7 is where you were saying that scripture is. Mark chapter 7, I think it was uh, verses 17, 18, 19 and 20. Uh, your thoughts, Gary, on, on what our listener is sharing? Okay. Well, look, we're, we're all, all lost without Christ. And, and um, one, of, one of the great, uh, uh, I guess, one of the great things that God showed me very earlier on in my journey with Christ was that um, he pulled out my old heart and gave me a new one. And, um, and uh, also that um, from my belly will flow rivers of living water. You know, that this is, this is, a, this is a... We don't live in the Old Testament. We, we don't live where God actually comes on people. We live where God lives within people um, at that time. Like, God lives within us. And those who, who connect with Christ, God is, is transforming us from the inside out. And, uh, yeah, an uncontrolled thought life will produce uh, many wrong things. But, see, we're not defined. This is, where we, this is where we probably get it wrong, and I didn't get it early in this whole experience, was I thought, I thought my thoughts, as bad as they were, were what would define me. But that actually, it's not my thoughts that define me, but it's what I do with my thoughts that define me. So if I bring those thoughts into captivity and I bring them under obedience to Christ and I let my mind be transformed by the... I might renewed and transformed by the power of God and His Word and create the, the science stuff, the new neural pathways, the new layered memories, the new core identity um, and all that sort of stuff, I can live a completely transformed um, life. Uh, to the glory of God. 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join into our conversation, uh, just a short while remaining, but 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Sean in Bunbury in WA. Hello, Sean. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you. Thanks. Sean, Thanks, what are your thoughts? My thoughts, it's, it's really important what we're, um, what we're putting into our bodies. Uh, you know, we... We can't live on bread alone, but, um, you know, good nutrition, good air, and the Word of God, you know, if we're feeding on the Word of God, what we put out, you know, will be of God. So many times there's so much influence and whatnot around us that we um, just lose sight of that. So just feeding off the Word of God, I think, is really important. Uh, Sean from Bunbury, yeah. and your thoughts, Gary? Look, couldn't agree with you more, Sean. Um, in fact, it's, it was quite interesting in the process of the book, the publishers asked me to also to do a chapter on physical movement, um, which I did because um, it's, not, it's not just the Word of God. It's this, this, your, your body is designed to move, and actually in movement and exercise, um, it actually changes your brain chemicals. So... Uh, which will make you more open, adaptable to what God's saying into in through His Word. So that it's like a combination of things, and if you put them all into place, the end result is not um, it's not rocket science, although it is neuroscience. But it's actually a transformed mind. Um, so yeah, what you put in is what you'll get out. You know that, and that is that is actually how we work. So rubbish in, rubbish out. Um, toxic thoughts in, toxic 
reactions out. Uh, good, good thoughts in, uh, good reaction out. This is why we need to stop them at our frontal lobe and stop the bad, the, the wrong thinking, the stinking thinking, if we want to put it that way, from actually going from our frontal lobe into our into our uh, hippocampus, into our layered memories, because out of there, our identity, and, uh, and really out of there flows everything in our, in our life. And the cool thing is we actually have the ability to do that. And, you know, we don't get it right all the time when we initially start, but there's a, it's a process and it truly brings about the transformation of a life. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Gary Blackford is an award-winning trainer, life coach, author, teacher and speaker. He wrote the book The Fog Lifter and we've been talking about winning between the ears in just a few minutes to draw some loose ends together here, Gary, and I'd love you to be able to reflect for us just on some of those things from the scriptures that just make so much sense when you start to explain how the way our thinking changes when we're exposed to the Word of God. Uh, how can we uh, just sort of, uh, you know, zero in on a couple more scriptures that might just uh, just give us clarity when it comes to winning between the ears? Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, look, we can do that. And just, by the way, before I just jump into this, the if people want more info, if they just go to garyblackford.com, um, there's a, there's, and there's actually some stuff they can listen to online as well, which goes in deeper with this sort of stuff. So, um, and a video they can watch and things like that. But um, yeah, look, a couple of scriptures: um, 2 Timothy 1:7, which is uh, probably one of the most confused scriptures in um, used in modern translations. Which is God, for the Spirit of God is, is not does not give us. Um, I'll try that again. For the Spirit of God gives... <laughs> okay, so... Uh, uh, God yep. has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yep. Um, now, some of the new versions say love, power, and self-discipline. The actual word means that God gives us the ability for us to create a sound mind by self-discipline. So when I talk about a process, it's right throughout Scripture. And the other one I'd like to just look at, which is Philippians 4.8, which is just one of my... One of the most beautiful scriptures is fix your thoughts on what is true. Um, and now, when we even, if we look at the word true, uh, wh- when we see what is true, we've got to see how God sees us as true, not how our past sees us, or not how that trauma sees us, not how that, um, that relationship breakup sees us. But what is true is how God sees us. Um, what is honourable, what is right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Well, amazing the number of scriptures and one that comes to mind as I'm thinking, of course, uh, in Galatians, where you've got the comparison of the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. These are the sorts of things that when we talk about change, we're talking about changed behavior, but really we're talking about changed thinking, changing the way that in between the ears actually looks so that the whole of our lives are affected by the the changes that happen within. Well, Well, behavior always flows from thinking. Thinking never flows from behaviour. It's the other way around. So, it's, so, so if you change the thinking, then the behaviour changes because the core value changes. And just quickly, Gary, you mentioned your website, garyblackford.com. That's how people yep. could get a hold of your book called The Fog Lifter. Uh, but uh, you mentioned there's other resources on there too people can access and go a little deeper into some of these things we've been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. There is, yes. So there's there's um, there's some uh, there's some messages I've spoken in different places that are that are that are on there. 
um, the video message you can watch at the start. There's other things that are on there that can um, that people can uh, uh, work their way through and have a good look, and hopefully it will help. Because you know what, I do, that's what I want. I want to see people transformed by the power of God, and that's what I'm hoping. Even segments like this will give people hope that you know, from wherever they are in life, Neil, wherever they are in life. There is actually a better day ahead and there is a future from right, right where they are right now. Even if it seems dark, even if it seems fogged in and clouded, I just want to encourage people to hang on um, and hope because, because there is a bright day of future. And if I, if I actually killed myself when I tried to all those years ago, I would have missed out on some of the greatest things in life. So, um, yeah, it, it works. Okay, and you mentioned Project 52. Uh, I'm assuming that you might still have a few dates available. People can also contact you through your website if they'd yep. like to book you to speak in their location, their town, their city, their community. GaryBlackford.com. That's GaryBlackford.com. Gary, just a pleasure getting your insights today. Let's do this again sometime soon, but thanks so much for being with us on 2020. That's a pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.